Hi guys, uh, Paddy here once again, and once again, thank you for downloading the It's Not All About Me podcast, a uh, podcast featuring a guy with ME and a mic, and that would be me, Paddy. So, uh, last week's episode um, was late because I was so tired, um, and I've said that I, you know, want this to this podcast to um, capture, you know, all the elements and of, of having chronic fatigue syndrome or whatever you choose to call it. And uh, when I, when the red light's on, as it is now, um, and I'm quite tired today, uh, it can do that. But when it comes to the, uh, the editing, uh, the posting and the promoting, some days that's just a little bit beyond me. But hopefully I'm, I'm trying to create a better system um, of uh, of recording schedules so that um, so that I don't miss um, release days which which I am uh, to be every Monday but we'll see how it goes because as you know if you live with somebody or have uh, a chronic illness yourself um, it, it's just no respecter of systems or schedules, is it? Um, so um, apologies for it being a few days late. Um, but uh, here we go. We're back. Um, housekeeping, as always. If you like that little ditty at the beginning um, and at the end of the show each week, then uh, you can find that at uh, the free music archive and it is feeling sunny by scott holmes so if you're interested in in getting that and putting it on your spotify i don't know why i'm laughing it's a perfectly good song it's a nice little jingle right that's feeling sunny by scott holmes if you want to get in touch over anything uh in this episode or any other episode or you want to suggest topics for conversation share experience please do um, I'm at uh, zero all about me on Twitter, uh, or it's really not all about me at gmail.com, or come along and join our new Facebook group. So there's a Facebook page called It's Not All About Me, but if you look for the group, which is called It's Not All About Me podcast on Facebook, then uh, it's a closed group. So you can come in and share your daily experiences of ME in a kind of a slightly more um, uh, secure uh, and exclusive environment, let's say. Uh, So hopefully see you there. Please um, come along and join the chats and share experience. And uh, obviously, as I said last week as well, if you know anybody who uh, has... Uh, ME, chronic fatigue syndrome, or anybody who uh, you'd like them to maybe understand a bit more, if, if you think this is a medium to doing that, uh, please do share this. Um, subscribe on your podcast provider and share it uh, to your heart's content. I won't stop you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so a bit of news for this week. Uh, if you live in... Uh, United Great United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, then uh, this might be interesting to you. This will be going out on Monday and on Thursday, that's Thursday the 24th of January, the uh, House of Commons in, in London, uh, Parliament, 
uh, is actually going to be debating research and treatments for ME. So uh, that's happening at the House of Commons at uh, after 2pm, most likely. Uh, you can watch that. I'm pretty sure that in that um, graveyard of TV channels that, you know, I have around um, just after the main news channels one might tune into, you know, uh, where the, the business news channels and all that. I think if you live in the UK and you have Sky TV or Virgin or one of these providers, I think you can actually get the the House of Commons, the Parliament, that tends to be, oh, there's a channel broadcasting that. I think BBC Parliament. And they might broadcast it then. You never know. So, anyway, rambling. Um, there's a debate happening. Um, the motion for debate, and this is Thursday, uh, the 24th of January, after 2pm in the House of Commons, uh, in the Parliament of the uh, United Kingdom, of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, uh, the motion being debated is that this House calls on the government to provide increased funding for biomedical research into the diagnosis and treatment of ME, supports the suspension of graded exercise therapy and cognitive behaviour therapy as means of treatment, supports updated training of GPs and medical professionals to ensure that they are equipped with clear guidance on diagnosis of ME, and appropriate management advice to reflect international consensus on best practice, and is concerned about the current trends of subjecting ME families to unjustified child protection procedures. So, you know, a lot of really big, serious stuff there. So, um, I have to say, I found out about this through the um, Action for ME, uh, Twitter feed and website and if you follow their Twitter feed as well and you do live in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland then um, you can actually on their website and on their Twitter feed follow a link that will encourage by clicking on it you'll send an email or a, Twitter, a tweet and it'll encourage your local MP which will it'll find out who that is for you if you're not quite sure um, it'll you, send an automated message to encourage them to attend this debate on your behalf so um check out action for me if you have bbc parliament and they're showing it i don't know if they will then maybe check that out or follow the news that's happening in the house of commons um on um the 24th of january after 2 p.m most likely in uh in london there so that's a that's an interesting piece of news we'll maybe follow up on that next week if i can uh dissect and understand um any outcomes um that 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 come out of that forum uh so yeah that's interesting um so what are we doing today after that little piece of news um we'll talk briefly about how the tracking diary is going um we've got another week of that down uh and then uh, i wanted to talk about a, a nice hashtag that i saw this week regarding um mecfs and then we're going to hand the mic over, as promised a few weeks ago, to my wife, Maggie, who um, is going to take over the show and talk a little bit about, um, I guess, life with someone with um, MECFS and what that means to be uh, the, the, the person alongside 
the people suffering with our illness. I thought it would be interesting. Um, I, I get to talk a lot on this and it's the start of having other people on. And I thought the first perspective to get, um, especially if you out there have partners of your own, friends of your own, family, loved ones of your own, who have to um, watch you have this illness, I thought it would be quite uh, quite good, quite useful. Let's see. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, shall we? First of all, though, um, the tracking diary. I'm doing the tracking diary. This week I decided to... Oh, so, a bit of background, if you haven't listened to the last couple of episodes. I am trying pacing. Um, you know, it's... It seems obvious that that would be the first thing you would kind of explore or um, get into whenever you realize you or you're diagnosed with a chronic illness. But, you know, I'm late to the party. So I am trying pacing. And the first part of um, pacing is recommended by a leaflet. Again, I'm not sponsored by these guys, but I do find them very, very helpful. Actionforme.org provided it. So check them out. There's a pamphlet there on pacing that you can download or read on your phone or whatever. Um, the first thing I'm doing is tracking my activity and um, recording it against my symptoms of fatigue, brain fog, low mood, that sort of thing. So I've been doing this, uh, I think we're coming into week five now. Um, last last week it was, it was quite hard because I was very tired at the very start of the week. I could I accomplished nothing. Basically, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think, were right off completely, right off. You know, it's been a while. I'm, I'm grateful to say it's been a while that I had to take to my bed, but I did have to do that last week for for the large part of those days. Um, no TV, no video games, couldn't barely listen to a podcast, you know. Um, uh, but couldn't sleep either. Obviously, um, it was it was a challenging time, challenging time. So I'm grateful to be back in front of the red light on top of my snowball microphone and chatting to you guys again because it was a rough one last week at the start. So um, the uh, the fatigue and the tracking reflects that. But what I did this week, uh, I'm getting I'm thinking as I said last week. I'm now thinking about how to analyze the data that I'm collecting about myself. Um, what best to do with that? Um, as I said, I, I, I come from a background of working for non-profit and charity organizations. So um, I kind of always see um, data as being, you know, uh, oh, right, what can, we, what can we grab out of this? How can we use it to help other people? And, and, and how can we utilize the data, you know? Um, my mind always bends to that. How can we use this to, to teach us? You know, um, so I'm thinking about that and I realized um, I have my data, obviously. And, um, you know, let me know. Do get in touch if you want to do that. If you're new to pacing as well, let's go on this journey together. Get in touch. I have a digital spreadsheet already created for you to track your day, your, your activity and symptoms. So I'm more than happy to fire that over to you via email or whatever. So do get in touch um, if you want to share this journey with me and record your own data and t- dip your toe into pacing. Uh, just look at the show notes um, for uh, the um, ways to get in touch. So I realized I only had my data, so I wanted some, um, I guess, real, normal, control data. So I've asked four friends and family to record their activity levels as well and their, match them against their symptoms. This, this will serve two purposes, I think. It'll help me... 
um, it'll it'll give me something to compare um, me being ill to, uh, and and to see how for me um, help me probably accept the illness that a little bit more whenever I compare it to you know people going about their normal lives. I thought also it'll be quite useful because the measurement tools, uh, the criteria that I've asked people to measure against is, is my levels of energy. So it would say like, you know, mild would would be, you know, oh, you can get on with your day. But after mild, moderate, severe, extremely severe are all, you know, you can't leave the house. You can't make lunch. You can't tidy up. You can't leave the sofa. You can't leave the bed. Um, it's it's kind of my understanding of fatigue, not maybe um, if you've had a, a long, rough day at work fatigue that, that you know, um, maybe my friends and family would be used to. So I think it'd be quite good for them going to understand my illness a bit more because they'll be like, oh, right. So it's either you're, you're um, just about getting by or it's, okay, cancel all plans today and and I, I I can't even prepare a sandwich for lunch. You know, I think that would kind of broaden their understanding um, of that. Uh, maybe, you know, is that underhand? I don't think it is. I don't think so. We'll carry on. Let's see. Uh, so that's the tracking diary update. Um, what else were we going to talk about? Yeah, I saw a cool hashtag this week. Um, <laughs> you know, to be honest, it was probably on the Action for ME Twitter feed. But... There we go. Uh, they are very good, it seems. They are very good. If you don't follow them, maybe follow them because they seem to be quite good. A lot of love going out to those guys this week. Um, and it was two, hashtag two faces of ME, hashtag two faces of CFS. And it was asking people to send photos of, of themselves, um, you know, feeling pretty good and whenever they're not feeling great. Uh, now, whenever I'm not feeling great, I don't, I don't really even tend to have my phone within hands reach, so I couldn't really take a photo. Um, so I sent a brief, you know, what, how many characters Twitter is these days, description of, um, of what I, what I feel, uh, what would be good and what would be uh, the two faces, you know, um, of me for me. But I thought I could maybe talk a little bit more about that today before um, our first guest comes on and. Um, you know, it's interesting because I'm just back from the shops and uh, and I'm really tired. And um, I guess my two faces of ME would be, you know, I, I, I go to the shops. I can go shopping with, with my wife. You know, we went and picked up stuff. We're making homemade pizzas for dinner tonight. So we picked up the flour and the ingredients and the yeast and the olive oil and all that, you know. And that was all right. I was very tired. Um, but I was able to do it. You know, we popped into a few, we did a bit of window shopping, looked at some, you know, books and some things we'd like to buy in the future. So it was a, it was a, from the outside, it was a perfectly normal, uh, couple doing a Saturday shop. You know, it's Saturday today as I record this. So, um, yeah. One, then the other face would be, the one that we, you and I talk about, you know, every week is the uh, not able to move 
out of the bed and and it's not on a on a good day I can binge watch Netflix. That's a good day. You know, on a bad day I can't there's no point first of all because I can't process it and I certainly won't remember what I'm watching. You know, um, no matter how engaging it is. Uh, and uh, if a new season of a box set comes out, a new series of a TV show I quite like, right? Say the new season of um, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes out. And it's, say it's season five, right? And I've watched all the previous four seasons. Whenever season five, you get that little message, oh, the new season's out on your Netflix notification. I normally have to go back and watch probably from season one or two again because I've forgotten what I watched, even if it was quite recently. I just cannot retain or process anymore. Um, that's that's a bit mad. Uh, and the other, I guess the extreme face is lying in bed because I can't even watch TV and, um, and, and maybe being able to listen to a podcast and that's the best I can expect. That's as good as it gets. Um, and I kind of say this today because I was thinking about it as I was out shopping and this is this frustration, guilt, pride thing where um, I'm always a bit worried when I'm downtown with my wife buying, but doing shopping when I'm well enough to do that. I'm always a bit worried I'm going to bump into somebody I know because it looks by all accounts, to an outsider, like I am, very much up and about and doing a, a Saturday shop, just like they are, you know? Um, it's so difficult. And that's why I really like this two faces of ME thing, you know? Um, before Christmas there, I, I was telling you, I can, I can go out for a 30-minute run, you know? But then... I can't get out of bed some days either. It's it's so difficult to explain that, that it's not a choice, you know, and it's not consistent. It doesn't fit to a system or schedule. It, it, it can't be my experience so far, as far as tracking is concerned, and I'm not talking about what I'm doing for the pacing diary. I'm doing talking about recording my symptoms for over two years now. I don't see a pattern, you know, I really don't. Uh, I lost weight. I quit smoking. I I did a lot of healthy stuff. I ran. I didn't run, and I didn't see any kind of identifiable pattern in 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 how the illness responded to these interventions, you know. Obviously, I feel better being a little lighter and not smoking, and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't go back on that. But you know, I'm grateful that I did do those things. But at the same time, I, I, I there was no kind of, um, there was no uh, identifiable or obvious response from the illness to these interventions, and uh, that's that's those two faces, isn't it? It's it's like you can go out shopping. I can go out shopping, you know. Uh, but it's always that problem. If you see somebody out and about, it gives them hope. Um, if you want to be paranoid, um, then it, it makes them question how ill you are. If you want to be paranoid and self-piteous, which I can very much be, um, then, you know... 
and they don't see if they don't see you they don't assume you're wrecked and lying in bed because the evidence they see whenever they see you is that you're either wearing a tracksuit and trainers or you're out shopping like a normal person that's the two faces of me now the problem is this millions missing hashtag and and, and um, label exists because you are missing but what what goes on in people's heads when you're missing is it oh boy they must be ill or i saw them on saturday the other day they were shopping they look grand you know all nice dressed had the hair done shaved or oh yeah i saw them running through the park that's good they must be getting better you know um that two faces is so hard to um to get across and it's awful because I almost hope I don't bump into people or be, or I hope I'm not seen in public because it gives the wrong idea. Um, it's not terrible. Anyway, I, I'm sure the, the two faces of ME hashtag, if it's still going on, participate because I think it's a great, great um, awareness raiser, you know. Um, it's not easy to describe and illustrate for people what we're like when we're not right in front of them you know uh so i i i'm really grateful for for whoever came up with this two faces of me hashtag uh that that they're doing that because i think it's a really good idea um yeah so talking about um getting across how we feel it's probably about time to uh, introduce and bring in my wife, uh, my wife Maggie. And, uh, you know, we discussed how best to do this. And she said she'd feel most comfortable with me just, you know, turning the mic off, walking out of the room. She sits in the in the chair, she hits the red light and she goes. You know, that's, that's how I do this show every week. Um, I've told you before, I don't have a massive plan and structure and... Sometimes things can get honest and raw and real, and I think that's important. So uh, I think we're going to have the same thing with her, and then uh, we'll find out what she says in the editing, won't we? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I'll be back at the end. But for now, here is uh, my wife, Maggie. Hi there. Um, this is Maggie, uh, Paddy's wife. Um so Paddy had mentioned to me about perhaps contributing to his podcast, maybe just talking a little bit about my experiences. Um, I think I've been a little bit reluctant to do it, um, and I'm not entirely sure why. I think possibly it's something that I suppose talking about in some ways, um, it's it's not so much that it's difficult, it's just, it's. I suppose I have to then sit and really think about my kind of experiences, my, my feelings about sort of Paddy and, and living with his illness. Um, I think probably what I do a lot of the time is, I wouldn't say it's denial really, but I think we just very much go on a day-to-day -day basis with his illness. So I think what that means is, you know, I think when he's experiencing a time when he's, you know, a few days or a few weeks where he's um, having a bit of an upward sort of, curve with his his health i i do have a tendency sometimes just to it's like my brain almost switches to thinking well you know he's fine you know this is kind of not that this is how it's going to be for the foreseeable but it's very much i don't know it's probably a way of just not really wanting to face up 
to the fact that it is a, a long-term sort of chronic illness that, you know, is always going to be something that either fluctuates or is, um, you know, it's not, it's not something you can avoid, basically. But I think when Paddy asked me to do the podcast, you know, at first I thought, well, I'm going to have to have a list of topics that I can talk about and sort of, you know, mean that I'm talking about it in a intelligent and I suppose in a way that makes me sound like I have a good understanding of the illness but I think I'd be the first to say that being so close to someone who's got um, ME is in some ways you're almost you're almost kind of you're more likely I, I find from personal experience you know I think you go one or two ways you either become someone who knows the illness inside out and who is forever looking up information about it and um, trying to be quite proactive about um, strategies or, you know, kind of approaches in medical science that, or you know, seem to have been um, viewed as potentially beneficial or studies on, you know, kind of lifestyle or even psychological studies. But I think obviously Paddy has done it, does a lot of that work himself and, and, Paddy, as being quite a naturally intelligent person anyway, I think, you know, likes to have ownership over what's happening to him. And I think that's probably caused me to take a bit of a step back and, you know, sort of almost just deal with the day-to-day um, impact of the illness. Um, I mean, me and Paddy have been together sort of 20 years, really. So it's something that, you know, we've both lived with over those 20 years. Um it, how it manifested itself obviously before Paddy had the diagnosis when we lived in Oxfordshire it was very much that there was just always something wrong and I think you know for every stretch of time when he would be in good health and you know working and, and engaging in life as you'd want anyone to there'd then be the inevitable um you know not being able to and, and his health um suddenly not being good and and there not being a clear reason you know every time it was something different although the, the symptoms would be you know there would be, would be similarities but it wasn't clearly obvious that, that there was a pattern as such now looking back it is I think we both can see you know that really it did start a long time ago but I think those initial years before the diagnosis which must have been probably about 15 16 years you know I think probably I did get frustrated and I did at times um, probably, I mean, resentful is not really the word. I mean, that's not a very nice word anyway, but, you know, because we didn't know what it was, you know, I think it was easy for me at times just to think, well, you know, it's either Paddy's just doesn't, you know, um, I don't know, not that he didn't want to engage, but, you know, it's always something different. So it was quite hard to sort of really quantify what was happening. And then when he was fine, you know, I would then think this is great, you know, that sort of, we put that behind us and then something else would happen. And then, it, you know, the frustration creeps in. And obviously during those periods, we were both, you know, at university and then trying to find work. And, you know, and there was, you know, kind of ups and downs around money and moving to different places. And I think that that's puts a strain anyway on, on, I think, relationship. But I think with the periods of ill health as well, um, you know, I think... It was hard. I think one thing that it probably has been quite good in our relationship is that we probably developed quite a, we're quite resilient in just thinking, right, this is how it is. 
you know, Paddy is not well and this is what we have to do to deal with her. And I think we've probably both got better at doing that. Um, and I certainly think from when Paddy had his diagnosis, it was, I know for Paddy it was a relief in some ways. I mean, it still, it's a shock because you don't want to be told you've got a chronic illness that is, you know, potentially going to have lifelong consequences. But at the same time, at least it was something that we could say, this is what it is and this is, you know, kind of how to term it whenever you're trying to deal with it. And, and also when you're trying to explain it to other people, that's not to say it isn't still hard to deal with at times. Um, I think as time's gone on, the frustration is probably less to do with, you know, when the when when his health is bad and it flares up again or when he, you know, has maybe a week where he is, is unable to function really like, you know, you or I would, um, or other people would, you know, if you're dealing with illness yourself. I think the frustration is just that it's so, in a way, the effects of it are so mundane and so, they're so, they zap, I think, any energy or, you know, aspiration at that time, I think. And especially seeing how that impacts on Paddy is quite difficult because he is such a proactive person and such a, you know, lively and, and a, intelligent person I think then whenever I see you know he has days where he can't even you know read or concentrate or you know just be kind of his self I think my frustration then becomes around the frustration of the illness and the effect on seeing someone who can go from being the complete opposite to you know really um, just you know not themselves and not able to engage in in the usual way is quite difficult um I think the other difficulty is obviously Paddy's not able to work at the minute so we're in that situation where I go off to work and come back and then you know I'm and it, it's that you know we're sort of living two different lives at the minute because I'm going into that um you know the environment of work which has its frustrations and has its um you know its difficulties but I suppose you're still able to you derive some kind of satisfaction from that and some kind of, you know, you, you feel a sense of achievement even even when you feel tired or when you feel, you know, you could do without it being Monday morning again. Um, but then I come home and Paddy's had a completely different experience during his day. Not that it's not been productive, you know, when he, when he has got good days and he's doing things like this podcast or when he's doing his own research or when he is, you know you know engaging with other people and and being active um you know but we, we just live in two different sort of lives and then if he's having you know over the past few weeks he's not been great and i think it's very easy for me to come home from work i think and not always be as sympathetic or it's almost because i know he's been not not had a great day or week i i sort of just want to avoid really dealing with it so we just sort of act like it's fine or you know sit in front of tv and have food and but i know that i'm probably not maybe you know i think i just think well i've you know my way of dealing with it is just to be the person who goes to work and the person who um you know is i suppose in a way responsible for a lot of things at the moment you know and but i think with that comes a sense of almost you know a strain I think on you know your own 
emotional well-being but also your sense of um you know just moving past that and being able to look to a different time when you know we both are able to engage in work or both you know can um you know i suppose financially and sort of um other ways be able to um just contribute i guess um and then i think I think as well being because I, I find with ME um, chronic fatigue syndrome it's a very insular condition I think because it's not easy to explain to other people you're forever if you are explaining it to other people and this isn't this is I suppose with close friends there is there is a more of a, an understanding but you are forever having to you know people will talk about you know oh how's he feeling how's he doing at the minute and you're, you're forever having to sort of watch for those little phrases that people use, which you know means that they don't quite understand the nature of the illness, like, oh, you know, um, oh, has he had a good rest this week? Or, you know, has he caught up on his sleep? Or, and, you know, and, and it comes from everyone, I think. And I think it's not it's not um, necessarily people being ignorant. I think it's just that's what they want. They, they want to be able to sort of quantify it in a way that makes sense to them and also is quite hopeful and I think what can happen sometimes is you get quite frustrated with people and you almost get to the point where you feel like, well, what, what's the point in trying to explain it? Um, you know, because they're just going to view it through their own filter of how they want to view the illness. Um, but I think that can mean that you become quite, you know, insular and and not cut off, but I think just in how you deal with the illness. And I think that's why this podcast is a really positive um, uh, mechanism, I think, for Paddy to share his experiences and to also just reach out to other people who are affected by the illness or family or friends that are affected by it because I think it is quite... Um, I suppose it's quite a lonely illness because it is something that is hard to explain to other people. And, and for other people, and, and I'm the first to admit, I don't understand it and... I know that there's times when I will, you know, even just yesterday, you know, complaining about tidying the house or nagging about things. And I think, not that I nag, obviously, but um, I think sometimes, you know, there can be, because it's just the two of you, you can almost start to play off each other and, and use it almost, you know, it's not that you're using the illness, but I think sometimes you can without really meaning to you know how to kind of go to the the kind of worst point of, of pushing someone or you know you know that you're perhaps complaining about something but really you're complaining about the illness but you're using something else as a way to mask that um but what it comes down to is just that you're you're frustrated and and you're um you know not i'm talking about from my own point of view just not really understanding it um because i don't think i think it's well, like, I suppose like any illness, unless you suffer from it, you don't, you can't really understand it. And, and the things that I see in Paddy around his, you know, his cognition or, you know, just what I, I mean, I can, I know whenever he's not well, I can tell when he's going to go through a bit of a bad period because just physically I can, you know, he, he goes very white. He, he just looks, you know, he looks fatigued. He doesn't look himself. He, um, you know, he just everything about him is a little bit kind of slower, and and then the cognition, the sort of responses, and the 
And I can also tell because he maybe is slightly more prone to snapping or being irritable. But I think probably that's in response to me being irritable or me perhaps not always um, reacting in the way I should um, for often quite, you know, quite simple and, and quite things that any couple argues about, I think always has the spectre of the chronic fatigue, the ME behind it, because I don't know when I'm sometimes using what is actually the, the illness as a reason to complain or a reason to, um, you know, be be in a crappy mood, <laughs> basically. Um, so I think out of all the things you could get, it's, it, you know, it's one of the, it's, it's an, I think it's a hard illness to live with. Obviously there's, I mean, I'm, I'm in a way, am I saying there's a lot of other illnesses that are um, obviously just as hard or worse to live with. I know that, you know, in many ways, you know, it is something that can be managed um, depending on the severity of, of the period of health. But I think it certainly is an illness that brings with it a lot more complications around how it's managed and how it affects relationships as well. Um, so, and I do think that the way we've dealt with it, probably since the diagnosis, is just to try to just look at how we're dealing with it on a daily basis. I know Paddy's obviously looking a lot more at around around his um, actual activities and is trying to map it a lot more, which I think is really positive. Um, but again, I think, uh, you know, my problem has been that I just want to leave him to get on with it and I just sort of, you know, go about my daily life and, you know, hope that by him doing that, it brings some kind of, not solution, but, you know, something that he can use to maybe manage the illness a bit better. Um, but I think at the same time, Paddy would probably tell you that, you know, he he doesn't particularly want, you know, he's he's got all the tools, I think, that he needs to be able to do that kind of research or, or think beyond, you know, the the usual um, advice that's out there. You know, he's, he's always wanting to sort of look at other ways that other kind of ideas of how to deal with the illness. And I do, I know he finds it frustrating if he goes to see a health professional and they, you know, they're often they haven't really got the knowledge or they haven't looked into any of the more kind of cutting edge um, studies or, you know, kind of um, approaches to dealing with illness, you know, and he's having to do a lot of that work himself. And I know that must be very common for ME um, sufferers to feel that you're on your own and you're having to do a lot of that legwork yourself. Um, I think the only positive from it is that you really, you know, do probably get to the point where you're very knowledgeable about your illness um, and that can only be a good thing in trying to manage it. But I think, you know, it's not always manageable. Um, so um, I think, you know, that's me. I've blethered on quite a bit. But I think I'm, I'm trying to think of the main point I'm trying to get across as someone who lives, who has lived with someone with ME for a significant period of time. And I think it's just probably the word would be frustration and you know it's just it's just a very cruel illness and that it does you know take away a lot of a person's you know individual characteristics and their strengths and their abilities and you know can really zap that for periods of time which I think is very hard to deal you know hard to see in someone that you love and care about but also being on the other side of it is 
you know, something that I've got to permanently, I've got to permanently say to myself, right, you, am I being reasonable about this? And the other difficulty is when you do have a genuine reason to, you know, <laughs> I don't know, you're annoyed about something or you're having a bad day. I think sometimes what can happen is you, you, you know, you think, oh my, you know, oh, you know, he's got ME, so... I need to be more understanding but people are just people and you know it's like anyone who's got a disability or illness or you know that doesn't define them so you shouldn't let it define your relationship as well um you know and there's you know from point of view of, of what we've gone through there's been plenty of periods that were you know things have been good and and when paddy is well he's you know he can he's very you know i'm amazed by what he can do and you know he's always into this or that and um you know I listen sometimes when he's got things to say about something he's read about or, you know, but I think I do have a tendency to zone out. But, you know, and I always know he's always having a really, you know, a good period with his health when, you know, he's got all these ideas and he's he's always wanting to, you know, Paddy's always someone who wants to discuss um, something he's seen, you know, on a news programme or public affairs or read somewhere or some sort of wrestling, WWE storyline or UFC something that you know that's happened you know um and he you know that's when i have to sort of remind myself you know even if even if i'm not entirely listening that you know um it, this is a really good you know that it's um a signifier that he's feeling well and then other times when he you know is struggling to put string a sentence together you know I, i'm i think much more able to recognize that for what it is albeit depending on my mood and depending on how I'm feeling, you know, how I react to it may differ. So I think it's just a constant, you know, trying to trying to deal with the illness, trying to deal with the fact that it does impact your relationship, it does change the things within the relationship, but it's not, you know, you can deal with it. You have to laugh about it. You have to be able to, um, you know, look at the good, the good days, the bad days, and not, um, you know, like like any illness, like mental health, like, you know, people who are managing, um, you know, really uh, chronic pain on a daily basis, which I know Emily sufferers do as well. But, you know, it isn't the be on end all and you just have to, you know, deal with it. And I think that's it. Um, no one's perfect. No relationship is perfect, perfect either. Um, but you just have to not let it, you know, not use it, I think, or... Um, try not to you know use it as any kind of tool to snap at the other person or get annoyed so yeah that's what i've got to say i don't really know how insightful that was i probably should have written something down instead of just just waffling and i think i've used the word frustration about 15 times but i suppose maybe that's that i guess is um the most honest real you know way that it does i think affect us so yeah probably sound like the worst wife you've ever heard from but um but i'm you know we try to have a sense of humor about it so um but for anyone else who is living with people who have got eme you know i do i do understand and i do you know i, I hope by sharing my experience it sort of relates to yours or you can um just feel less alone with it because um it is i think it is hard for family and friends so um just realizing that other people are going through the same thing and you know, we just have to be there for them and do what we can. And I'm back. Um, so it's odd because I'm recording this outro um, 
I, I've, you know, I've been downstairs watching professional wrestling while Maggie's been up here um, recording. Um, so I'm recording this outro uh, before I've edited it or listened to what she said. So um, we'll discuss it next week. If, if uh, you know, um, in the meantime, thank you very much uh, to Mags for coming on. Um, I, I have faith enough that, you know, she hasn't, uh, she hasn't thrown me under the bus or anything to, to thank her before listening to it. But um, yeah, thanks to Mags for coming on. More guests on the way who aren't related to me. Uh, and um, Or feeling that Maggie is going to learn how to do accents. We'll, we'll see which happens first. If you want to be on the show, please get in touch. Uh, let's wrap up. You want to get in touch once again, it's in the show notes, but, uh, if, if you don't want to look on that, then it's zero all about me on Twitter. It's, it's really not all about me at gmail.com and join, come and, uh, join the new Facebook group. Uh, it's not all about me podcast on Facebook. It's a closed group where you can chat about the episodes or anything the, um, the episodes uh, evoke in you or you can just share your experiences in a safe closed group uh, thank you very much um, if you've enjoyed this please do um, you know share and subscribe that would be really nice if you could do that so we can get um, this collective pool of experience uh, growing do pools grow what, do you, what does a pool do it expands do pools expand I don't know. I, I don't know enough about um, the nature of water growth to really finish this metaphor. So, um, you know, play it safe, please. Yeah, so we can expand our, our knowledge resource. Let's play it safe. All right. Till next Monday. Uh, have the best day, the best week that you can. And, uh, you know, take care of yourself and each other. Thanks. I've been Paddy. Cheers. Thank you.